Pitham, a creator and entrepreneur. And I'm Danielle Alexandra, a stylist and content creator. And we are In In Case Case You You Haven't Haven't Heard Podcast. Podcast. We're giving you the behind the scenes and an inside scoop of what really goes down. So you know exactly what the fuck is going on. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of In Case You Haven't Heard. We are recording on a Monday today, so we have to be extra cheerful to compensate from for our tiredness, I guess you can I mean, say, yeah. or the Monday blues. The Monday blues. <laughs> it is gloomy and sad here in London today. It's also <laughs> gloomy and sad here, so um, it's gray, and I think it might rain. Oh, it's been raining. We had such a nice weekend, though. I love how we're talking about the weather. So basic, but (laughs) I know. Okay, but wait, I need to say something because I found something out on TikTok again. Oh my God, uh, me too. Wait, I feel like I I just saw it today and I think, is it about the rain? Is it about the weather? (laughs) Yes. Go on, go on. Okay, so for my whole life, I thought when it says or the forecast says 30% chance of rain. (laughs) Yeah. It meant that it was 30% chance that it was going to rain, but actually it means that it's 100% going to rain, but 30% of your area is going to get covered in rain or get rain. So you might or might not get rain in your area, which... I always thought it was 30% chance. Me too. And my friend sent me that okay. TikTok with just a message underneath saying TikTok University. And it couldn't be more true. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I've been saying that every every podcast episode lately. I feel like I say, oh, I saw on TikTok or I learned on TikTok. It's true. Yeah. There's so much information to be absorbed. Oh, no, absolutely. Um. I love it. And I'm getting back into it. I actually posted a video. I'm trying to post every single day this week because I posted a video and it went viral, not viral, but like semi-viral. Like we hit like 25K in like four hours. So now I'm like, okay, Christina, you're getting followers coming in. Like, let's keep this going. Keep the momentum because I just can't get out of my head because I keep listening to Gary Vee and he just keeps saying and pushing content down my throat. So I'm like, Christina, just fucking do it. Like you're going to regret this. So I'm back on the TikTok train. What was the topic or what was the um, what the viral video that you did on TikTok? What was the Oh, I think it's because it was or... a little bit sexy, to be honest. Um, I wasn't wearing a bra and like my nipples were kind of hard. <laughs> um, but I was wearing like a white tank. It was just like a, it was just, you know that um, there's a trending song going for, it was it's like a grandma's voice and she's like, this is my outfit for today. And if you don't like oh, it, yes, you can I've leave. Seen that. Okay, okay, bye. So I use a trending song. I use trending hashtags. I'm actually going to pull it up. So you guys, maybe this might be a helpful tip. I don't know. Um, put it loud so people oh, can yeah, hear. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll put it loud so you guys can hear. This is my outfit for today. And if you don't like it, you could leave. Okay, love you. So the hashtags I used were hashtag OOTD, hashtag nasty gal, because it was a full nasty gal fit, hashtag fashion, hashtag what I wore. And then I tagged nasty gal praying for reposts we're sitting at 8,500 likes and 91 91,000 views and then I put I think it's really important if you're not doing like a silly just like sexy video not sexy but you know when like girls just like sing like lip sing if you're not just doing that (laughs) and you're actually providing some sort of like value or showing something I think it's important to put that in the um as the cover photo so i had ootd hashtag nasty gal edit so i don't know if that's a tip for how to go viral on tiktok but that's what i did like you put that 
as the main photo written on the video yeah so you always need to write what the video describes of course well it helps but you just flash it for like a second or something and then it's just no I like set it as the cover photo like that yeah but in the video it's only there for a second no now now oh um, you can set it as a cover photo yeah oh so you set it as the cover photo and you don't have it at all in the video exactly which is just the cover photo got it yeah so much i discovered that not too long ago i don't know how recent that update is but um but yeah i I need to use that because i guess i haven't used tiktok since that came out you haven't used tiktok since or maybe i just never (laughs) back in the queue i know (laughs) my last tiktok video is probably like six months ago maybe oh get back on that train danielle i know 518 there we go there we go um so speaking of tiktok and social media we are having a social media influencer she calls herself a blogger content creator all of the above and she has totally kind of taken her influence from being a traditional blogger in the beauty and fashion space to now launching her own program and Danielle and I talked about online courses a bit uh, two episodes ago and we think it's such a good way to kind of shift your audience shift you're following from one platform to another to a way that you can monetize and eventually, you know, create passive income for something that you can provide value in. Stressing the importance of being able to provide value in it, not just having something to make money. Because that was like the fine line that we were kind of discussing too, right? Yeah, and I think this blogger creator is has exceptional knowledge like she knows what she's doing in her craft and you can see that in all the content that she produces across all channels so we are extremely excited to kind of dive into how she constructed the program why she decided to do so and everything in between yeah and how she started as an influencer like we met you guys will kind of get the behind the scenes of like how we met a long time ago when like blogging we were both starting blogging and how she's just grown exponentially from then to now um and maybe she'll share some of her tips and tricks that she discloses in her course we'll see so with that let's have her on (laughs) well Nitsan, welcome to the podcast thank you you so much for having me i'm good i'm good it is it's honestly not even that early but i feel like it's early just my time like is just so thrown off always now you just never know what day it is what time it is so i'm good i'm alive and that's all that matters (laughs) (laughs) so nitsan is a influencer blogger i like how you call yourself a blogger still it's like the og because you started with the website and all of that Mm -hmm. um and we mentioned to you guys how she also just recently launched a online course which she'll talk to you about but nitsan and i met what like five years ago now probably was it five years ago i feel like (laughs) that's a long time ago it was wow i I think you might be right i got like a a photo I mean I sent you a photo that like was on my camera roll from like TVT to when we were shooting in the cold like yeah in Toronto yeah <laughs> um but I also have photos from that El Canada event that we went to that oh my gosh you're right well it had to have been I want to say it was like 2016 which I guess yeah is like yeah. five years ago that's crazy wow we go way back I know it's wild, I it's wild. <laughs> 
Um, so why don't you share with everyone how you got into blogging? Sure. I mean, it's a quite, I guess, I feel like I didn't never intended to get into blogging and that's the craziest thing. I went to Schulich for business in Toronto right after graduating high school. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I kind of figured that business school was just the right thing to do because everything's a business. And if I wasn't sure, like that's going to open doors in one way or another. And it was in second year that we were introduced to marketing for the first time. And I like loved it so much. I thought it was like the coolest thing. Um, and I took all marketing courses and in one of the courses, one of our term projects was to start a blog. And I was like, okay, like, sure. I don't know what this means, but okay. And I honestly just really, really liked it. I was more into makeup at the time. So I started posting like my makeup. I did my mom's makeup just to get content and like post the makeup products I used on her. So sabotage, but like, you know, here for that. From yeah. the bottom. <laughs> I feel like that would go um, viral on TikTok now because moms yeah. on TikTok are like such a vibe. For sure, for sure. And my mom loved it. Don't get me wrong. She loves being photographed. So it was a win-win. Um, but yeah, I just really liked it. And I slowly started transitioning more into fashion. And honestly, kind of the rest was history. It was kind of like a, ho- a hobby that I really enjoyed and kept working at. And I guess I was working full time at the time also and things like different like invites to events and stuff like that kept coming up that I had to turn down because of my nine to five. Um, and also I wasn't able to take on some campaigns that I got because of just conflict of interest, sorry, that I decided to just take a chance on myself and just quit and go for it. And at the beginning, your handle was different. You started with beauty rewritten and how did the transition between beauty rewritten happen and then transitioning into your name as the main brand? It's a good question. I mean, the blog that I started in university was called beautyrewritten.com. And the name, I was like, I thought this was the most genius name. Like, I was so proud of it. I was like, (laughs) I am rewriting beauty standards. And yeah, I guess Instagram then was an extension of my blog. So that's kind of how it started. And I think it was in 2017, I want to say, um, that I just started realizing that I, it kind of put me in a box. I felt like anything with the beauty, people just expected makeup and, you know, beauty content. And I felt like I was so much more than that and wanted to offer so much more that it kind of just restricted me. And it was weird. I think Instagram kind of shifted towards wanting to know the bloggers behind the blogs. Um, for example, like something Navy and song of style, like they kind of, I guess, started sharing more of their personality and their everyday, not just content, if that makes sense. So I kind of realized I wanted to make the shift as well. And I started getting like approached as Beauty Be Written and like people didn't know my name and at events would be like, oh yeah, this is Beauty Be Written. I was like, that is so sabotage. <laughs> That's not my name. So I had to make the, sh- the shift. Yeah, I think there was a lot of, of influencers that started to make the shift just around then. And then I, I was trying to figure out whether to bite the bullet on it or not. Um, and then I finally changed it. I think it was maybe two years ago now in December. And it's then a scary I tried to decision. Claim, yeah, no, for sure. And then I wanted to claim like we are living art because I really liked the name and I was like, I could use it for something else. And now, or I guess when I changed it, there was that new rule where like, once you change your name, you can't claim your old name until 14 days pass. And I did that. And some like random has taken my username and they uploaded one photo 
it's just like a random account and I like have no way of now getting it back. So you're joking. You should report them as spam or something and maybe oh, I did. Get ta- oh. oh, I did. <laughs> I think too, the whole shift in getting to know the blogger behind the blog happened because at the beginning blogs were unique and everyone was being creative with it. And then all of a sudden, because it was saturated and the market was so heavy with a bunch of content creators, you needed to know a little bit more about the content creators that you were following in order to really engage and feel like you're like friends with them. So I think that whole shift happened because even the OGs now have all pretty much a lot of the bloggers that I follow have all changed from it's their original for we were what everyone except yeah for that's true <laughs> she hasn't changed mm-hmm. but it's interesting because i feel like too the blogs were the main platform at the time like everyone had a blog like i enjoyed writing my blog post so much and eventually instagram became the main platform and people's attention spans got really are a lot shorter and no one really wanted to go to blogs it was kind of all your favorite bloggers on one platform so you don't have to check a bunch of different websites if that makes sense and i think with that shift it also i guess made more sense to just start branding yourself as your name Was there a point in time that you kind of touched on, you didn't have time to kind of do your nine to five and then also your blog, but was there like a specific moment that it was an aha moment for you that you really wanted to take that leap into doing it content creation full time? And what were your maybe fears going into it? Yeah, I think the one, there were two moments, I think that I really was like, okay, I have to give this a shot. Like it's now or never. And they both had to do with some type of brand partnership. So Sephora collection reached out to me for a face mask. And I was like, Sephora's in my inbox. That is so cool. I need to take this. And Way offered me a takeover as well. And they were kind of two opportunities that I really wanted to just take advantage of and enjoy. And I was so excited about them that it came to a point where I felt like I was being held back on my nine to five because I didn't have the flexibility to do both as much as I enjoyed working there, that I just decided to just go for it because I had the education, I had my degree, I had my work experience. I was kind of like, I need to really give this a shot and give this my all, see where it takes me. And worst case, I go back to, you know, getting a job or this will get me experience or connections. Like, I'm really a big believer of everything happens for a reason and, you know, just things kind of lining up. So that was kind of the moment or the two moments where I really decided to go for it. And in terms of fears, like you'd think that that moment was the scariest decision of my life. Like I worked at this brand for three years. I was on a manager position, like doing the complete opposite of the industry, like literally working with bloggers and building campaigns and all of this stuff, running their socials. And also I worked my ass off to get this position after school that I was scared, honestly, that I wouldn't make a living out of it. Like I think Sephora collection paid me $60 for that post. So I was like, okay, great. But you know, I'm giving up the salary I worked really hard to get. So that was kind of scary, but I don't remember the moment being like, I wasn't afraid if that makes sense. I think I just wanted it so bad that I was kind of like, I have nothing to lose. I was living at home. I didn't have to pay rent. So all the stars kind of aligned to give me that chance, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely difficult to take the leap, I guess, when you do have something so stable. Like for me, I've always had freelance gigs that I've done whilst doing content creation or whatnot. So it's always been just like an additional, I guess, job or 
I mean, started as a hobby, right? Um, but I know, Danielle, like you had a full-time job and then you quit that and then went into the freelance with the content creation. So yeah, but I think in a way too, for you. when you do that cold cutoff, it almost is, if you have the mentality of, I have to do this because there's no other option, then survival mode, right? Yeah. You kind of put exactly. yourself in a position where even if it, you make the decision and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this and it will work out. If you go into it with a mentality of, like you were saying, you're not fearful, but you're kind of like, okay, how do I strategize now to actually make a living? That's how you have to go into it. If you have no real plan in place. Like when I quit my job, I didn't really have like, okay, these are the steps I'm going to take, but I knew that I just had to make it happen. So I think it's just like your mental state of pushing through and your resilience of, okay, I'm going to make this happen because if I don't, then I'm going to have to go back to something that I wasn't necessarily happy with or in. Yeah, that's exactly it. I feel like when you're comfortable and you have that, you know, other source of income, which is great because sometimes you need it. And I mean, when I first quit, I did look for another source of income. Like I did try to freelance, run other brand socials or consult at the time. But I feel like when I cold cut and quit and I had to make this work, that's when I was 600 times more motivated to make it work because I didn't want to go back to anything else. So I've been following you for a while and it's been really cool to see like the peaks of growth, I think, that you've experienced. Um, I mean, I guess throughout the past five years, if we're going back <laughs> to that. Um, but I noticed a couple points where like there was a significant, I guess you could say, leap in your like following and all of that. I mean, I think one was Fashion Week last year, New York Fashion Week. But I think another one was like around 10 months ago, um, on YouTube and you started to like take YouTube more seriously and, um, or I guess more consistently, I should say. It's funny, I guess, to hear from the outside, you know, how you kind of recognize those moments and what you associate them with. Because for me, I think definitely fashion week last year, I feel like was a turning point for my business. I'm not even sure why I really was just so excited to go to fashion week. I worked so hard on my outfits and I think before that, honestly, (laughs) I was like kind of in a mindset of, you know, I think it's really easy to get discouraged when your engagement isn't where you want it to be and you're not growing. And I've just been really big on kind of recognizing my patterns of thought in that way and recognizing that I'm going to get over it and I have to push through it because I don't know what lies ahead. So for me, New York Fashion Week last year was just one of those moments that I was kind of like, okay, well, if no one cares and no one's liking my post anyway, then I have nothing to lose. I'm going to go to New York Fashion Week. I'm going to fake it till I make it. I'm going to wear outfits that I love and just, you know, shoot my content and you know, see what happens. So for that, it wasn't anything that I really like planned or counted on, but I think the content did well and that really helped with my growth. Um, And then I guess, yeah, over quarantine, when I really decided to focus on YouTube, which is hard because YouTube takes a lot of work and it's a lot more time consuming. Um, But I really wanted YouTube to be a way for me to share more of my personality and connect with my audience and kind of bring them behind the scenes a little bit more because you see all these YouTubers who have such amazing engagement um, and such amazing platforms aside from YouTube. And I think it's truly because their audience 
knows them and has that sense of friendship that they're going to support them on any platform. So that was kind of my reasoning for that. But I mean, it comes in waves. Like, I, you know what I mean? It's so hard to control and even see a pattern in it. It's just trying different things and pivoting. What does your community in general engage with the most? Because you have, you know, your YouTube, more vlog style, and then also your fashion content. Is there something that your community enjoys um, listening to or viewing the most? I think me moving out was something that people really enjoyed. I think anything that's kind of like a series. Watching you decorate. It was just so fun. I literally, I was like, honestly, plan B is I'll be an interior designer. Not that I know anything (laughs) about it, but it was just so fun. Like Pinteresting my way into decorating our apartment. But I think just bringing people a long journey. So for example, like moving out, people really enjoyed that. Um, When I got engaged, which obviously wasn't a business, like it wasn't a strategic move here. But just sharing that and kind of, I started a wedding series and made little gifts really kind of, yeah, literally. I was like, Josh, perfect timing. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. Um, But really bringing them along the journey, I think is cool because your audience kind of grows with you. And when I move out, there's, you know, my audience, you know, maybe is moving out too, or maybe is getting engaged to or thinking about planning their wedding. So just being open and honest, I think is what people resonate with the most. And obviously like a good outfit OTD um, or fashion OTD, I mean, can't hurt. So I think those would probably be the top few things. And that goes back to connecting with the creator because those things are super personal and like you want to get to know someone on a deeper level and kind of have that feeling of friendship with the people who you're following. And then also for you being the content creator, you want to have a community that's engaged and feels like you're open and honest and authentic. So I think that just goes back to like the whole circle of if you want to grow and provide content of value, you need to let people into like actually who you are and not just put this facade up of like curated content. Because everyone's the same now. Everyone falls into the same category and it's like, yeah, everyone can post like a similar photo. And like, I'm sure you've seen this now because you've grown significantly, like how many micro influencers are highly influenced by your content and will do very similar shots and stuff like that. Right. So unless you show your personality, you just look the same. And I feel like brands don't love that as much. It's funny that you say that too, because I definitely, I feel like there's like a gut feeling sometimes that, you know, what kind of content will perform and what won't. And there's a type of, I guess, content I've created so far that has worked, but almost for me, it's like, I'm right now, if I'm being fully honest, I'm kind of in a stage where, you know, I feel like I'm lacking a little bit of inspiration. It's kind of like you said, everyone's feeds kind of look the same, like everyone's doing the same things. And I'm trying to figure out obviously with the restrictions of actual lockdown and being, you know, in my apartment and not being able to leave because it's like negative a hundred outside. Really, you know, how to get myself motivated again and what kind of content do I want to create and how do I see myself going into this new year with that in mind? Yeah. Let's talk about power numbers because this is something you've always spoken about and I think it's definitely worked for you and your sabotage squad Mm -hmm. and and the girls and kind of how you guys have noticed that working together, especially starting small, has helped you grow bigger together. Mm -hmm. I mean, that too was kind of by accident, honestly. Emma, you know, one third of sabotage, um, slid into my DMs probably around the same time that we kind of met like five years ago and we collaborated on a blog post and we really got along and it was so nice to have a friend in the industry because at the time I was, you know, really, this was before I quit, but I was like really getting into it and it was fun to have a friend in it when it was all so new. 
And I convinced her to quit with me when I quit my full-time job for her to quit hers as well. And we flew to New York Fashion Week and we saw you there as well. I remember. Yes, we, we <laughs> oh, that was so fun. That was really good old days. Um, but yeah, we just kind of supported each other. We both tried to make it work. We would, you know, share contacts, advice, like really help each other, um, where we can. And we started traveling together because we wanted to shoot each other's content. And it was so fun to have a friend who has the same kind of schedule that I did. And then Emma met Sophie and we all did Coachella together. And again, we just had so much fun and we wanted to keep traveling. It was kind of, I never took a break after high school. Like I never traveled. I went straight into working full time. So this kind of felt like it was my one chance to travel and really see the world. And I had two friends that I was growing closer and closer with who were able to do the same with me. So we just continued doing that. And then sabotage happened because we were we were in Paris and we realized how many bad photo outtakes we had on our phones. Like in every like a thousand photos, you have like at least like 10 really sabotaged ones. And we were like, this is too good not to share. So we started sharing it kind of as a group. Um, and I guess our audience really resonated with kind of like that friend group or that girl group that kind of, you know, was aspiring to become something and just documented their journeys and their memories together. We continued vlogging, we're in each other's vlogs, and it kind of just grew from there. It was never something that we're like, okay, we're going to brand ourselves together because this is going to work. It just kind of proved itself to be successful along the way. And when you were on these sort of content trips, did you at that point decide it was a good idea to maybe pitch yourself together? Or did you ever do that as like a bundle kind of deal? It's a good question. I'm trying to remember if it was us pitching it or a brand coming to us. And I think it may have started from just, you know, even going to Coachella that first year, like we had to get into parties. We had to, I guess we wanted to work with brands and we would really support each other and share contacts. And if we had, you know, if I got a partnership, I would pitch Emma and Sophie if we were on a trip together, like, by the way, my blogger besties are coming with me and our content was cohesive together, but also unique in the same way. Cause we're kind of our own personal brands as well that I found that brands were just receptive to it, I guess. So that definitely helped in that case. I mean, really from that point would go in and kind of not pitch ourselves as a package deal, but really try to leverage you know, each other's opportunities to support our friends, really. After all of your success in content creation and building your own brand individually on, you know, YouTube, Instagram, your blog, what made you make the leap or what made you conceptualize building your own course for Mind Your Business now that you just recently launched a few weeks ago? A month ago today, actually. A month ago. Okay. Well, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I think... For me, honestly, for the last two years, believe it or not, I really wanted to find that one thing that I can branch out and kind of do do something beyond just Instagram. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the career that I have now. It's, it's my dream job and I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I wanted to take it one step further. And I have journals that I literally wrote in them, like, you know, manifesting this like one idea to come about. And I didn't know if it was a brand or like, I just didn't have that idea or sometimes things would pop up. And if I don't believe in something a hundred percent, it's really hard for me to really start and take that leap of faith. So I wanted to find something that I was really passionate about. And about a year ago, actually, I was heading to Paris with Josh and I've been receiving questions about how I kind of quit my job and how to reach out to brands and just, you know, all these content creators wanting advice for years now. 
And Josh kind of gave me the idea, you know, what if you film a course and really teach people how to do this? Because I love the business aspect of it. You know, having my education background in business and working on the brand side, on the marketing side, um, I really enjoy that part of the industry as well. So I really liked that idea, but honestly, it was a really scary one because I've never filmed a course before. Like I didn't really know what I was doing, but I think within that year until I launched, I really recognized a gap in the market for education about this topic. And there are so many guys and girls who want to create content and just make their own opportunities. I think the industry is in such a good place right now that you can literally create your own career and have the power to do that just by being creative. So I decided to really sit down and kind of think of all the tips that I have from start to finish, really share my journey and answer all the questions. I really crowdsource my audience for what they want to know over the year and just create the ultimate creator crash course. Online courses have kind of just been coming up um, and I think a lot of people um, find it like a really great way to profit. And Danielle and I were talking about this, I think, yeah, just a few episodes ago, yeah, um, about how, yes, like anyone can launch an online course and sometimes you're skeptical about like which online courses are actually going to give you the tangible tips because there's so many and there's so many advertised that are like, here's like your course to building a six-figure business, right? And it's, it's like, okay, which one do I believe? Which one do I like? not believe, or I should say trust, um, which one do I not trust? And it's, it's hard to kind of navigate, um, like how much value you're going to get from it. But I think something that is really great that you can leverage is that first of all, you have a super dedicated audience who has watched you grow. So there's, you know, like they have that much more confidence in believing in like why your course is going to be something that's going to help them grow as well. It was definitely proof of concept for me. It was kind of like I was the case study and I've been self-managed my whole career. I've never signed with an agency. I've always negotiated my own deals and really practiced it and kind of took what I learned in university, what I learned working at my nine to five on the brand side, what I've learned, you know, over the last five years just in the industry and really, you know, crafted my way to negotiate higher rates to really get partnerships. Like I really had systems in place that I kind of developed And I thought about that too, because the course as much, it shares so much value. I really wanted this to be, you know, the one course that shares what everyone wants to know, but no one talks about girls want to know, you know, what to charge for a post, you know, what to look out for in your contracts. And you can't find this anywhere. And that's why sometimes content creator signs with sign with management because they want that guidance. And I'm such a big believer that no one will fight for you as much as you will fight for yourself and no one will work as hard to build your business like you will. So for me, it was important to just make these content creators really empowered to take matters into their own hands. And that's kind of where the name came about. Mind your business is a mind your business, like take it seriously and treat it like a business and also mind your business because it was, it's kind of like confidential information that you can't find anywhere else. So with that, I was like, well, I've kind of showed my audience what I did over the years and it's up to really just, I was really counting on testimonials from the course to kind of speak for themselves and reach beyond just my audience, which now I feel like I'm at that point. And I think too, coming from you, a creator who has gained a following and success throughout the years, it, it comes from a place of 
like you said, you're the case study and it's not just a management level or I should say agency telling you what you need to do. It's like the person who's experienced all these things you've made the mistakes, you've gone through the negotiations, you've created the content. So you kind of know from the creator side, all of the challenges that need to be overcome in order to reach the end goal of, you know, whatever your end goal would be. So it's comes from a place of authenticity and speaking to what we kind of talked about before is it's really hard to navigate what's going to actually give you value. Like Christina said, because it's, there's so much content out there that you want to make sure that you're able to see yourself in the other person or see yourself in the person that you're buying. Do you know what I mean? So like for you, I'm sure tons of people like they look up to you and look up to your content and look up to the style of management that you've you've done throughout the years. So you, you're reputable. You're, you have a uh, credibility. There you go. Thank That's you. the word. Thank you. <laughs> That's I, I the word. I appreciate that. I you appreciate have that. credibility. And yeah. Thank you. I mean, and with the course, I wanted to just really like, I was so hard on myself with releasing this because I really wanted, you know, whoever buys this. Oh, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, well, I love the way you marketed, by the way, like the website for it was so cute, cheeky with all of the, like what you can buy with the course versus what you could buy with the money. The amount of work that went into that website. And I actually filmed the course four times because I was like, no, it's not good enough. And no, it's not good enough. And I spent a year working on this material. Christina, you know, the way I am and sometimes to a fault. And I just realized better. I mean, sorry, done is better than perfect. I always butcher that that sentence because honestly it's a new concept to me but um I yeah I wanted this to be like the best course anyone will ever buy I really wanted to focus on you know with one campaign that you actually get from applying what you learn in the course it's a course that pays for itself you already make back the money that you invested and you're investing in yourself ultimately and I wanted to really not just teach people information, but really give them the tools that they need. So for example, because I've managed myself for five years, I created worksheets that I used to track my partnerships. I have a checklist that I have when I accept partnerships that I kind of go through and make sure I'm set up for success, like for digital usage, whitelisting, what to look out for, exclusivity. So I really like it's concepts and theories that I truly developed myself and kind of just released this information out for people to hopefully just, or not hopefully, because I guess the testimonials speak for themselves, but to really take their social media and turn it into a business. What's one thing that you've learned throughout this whole process, whether it be from blogging or creating this mind your business course, what's one thing that you wish you knew back then that you know now? To not be so hard on myself and to just not overthink things. Like I wish I even released this course sooner. I've been sitting in this on this idea, sorry, and it was kind of like boiling in the pot. Like I was really thinking about it and I was nervous and I honestly didn't know what to expect with the reaction. Like I offered for the first 25 people who enrolled in the course during pre-sale, I offered one-on-one training sessions and I'm not joking. I had a backup plan to be like, okay, if no one buys, if 25 people don't buy within an hour, I'm just going to say they're done. Like I was so nervous about releasing it and it was gone in seconds. Like I didn't expect that kind of response. And I think that taught me to really just trust 
myself and my instincts and just really do what feels right. Like this course is the hardest thing I've ever done, but also the most rewarding because it's not even just about a business move for myself. I'm really seeing results in someone else. So I think the biggest lesson is to really just go for things and not sit on them for too long, not wait too long. They don't have to be perfect. Kind of launch and, you know, fix adjust. things later. Adjust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Launch and adjust. So after the launch, would you say that was the thing that surprised you most or was there something else that really stuck out? I think the launch really not, I don't want to say surprised me, but I was honestly overwhelmed with the launch. Like I did not expect that kind of reaction. I was hoping, you know, that like a hundred people would sign up and that would be like the best launch day ever. And I was really mind blown with just how people were excited about the course. And I think a lot of it came from just the way I launched it as as well, like really educating people about the course and kind of hyping it up and showing what you get so that when it launched, they're kind of ready to buy. Um, But yeah, I guess that really surprised me the most, honestly, and just seeing people's response to it after taking the course and really applying their lessons. Like girls are messaging me that they've, you know, already paid back for their course and they, you know, are now pitching their favorite brands and pitching, you know, long-term campaigns and are getting literally turning this into a business and they're seeing their results within one month that, or even sooner, but like, I guess today is the one month birthday or anniversary. Woohoo. So that's been like, honestly, the coolest thing to me. It's like, I feel so proud because I resonate with all of these content creators. Like I was in your shoes and I still am. So it's just really cool to see everyone kind of minding their business and taking, you know, creating their own opportunities. And that's really powerful too, as a creator, spreading kind of the wealth, let's say metaphorically and kind of actually is, is kind of inspirational. Listening to you speak, have you ever thought like about imposter syndrome or like anything like that? Because looking as an outsider, I, I would think like, okay, I, I'm of course a hundred people are going to buy your course. Like why wouldn't they in my mind, listening to you speak, like maybe talk about imposter syndrome, if you've experienced that or what your feelings are, or maybe some fears that you've had to overcome. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think we're all our biggest critics and sometimes I feel like I don't like to get my hopes up because I just don't want to be let down. And when I said like, if a hundred people buy the course, I'll be so happy. And to see thousands buying it was just like, I I was honestly in tears. Josh has a video of me like seeing like five minutes into the presale, like freaking out. And I think what I really learned was to recognize that, you know, those kind of feelings of self-doubt kind of come in waves and it's a pattern. So instead of getting really down on myself and feeling like I'm not good enough, I'll be like, okay, I know this comes and goes. This is that time where I feel this way, but I'm going to get over it and I'm going to push past it. Because there's been times, honestly, where I felt like my engagement or my career was just not working out. And it's really, it's really discouraging. You put so much time and effort into your content, you put it out for the world and, you know, you're expecting this response, not even for validation, but to see your business grow. And when you don't get that, you kind of, you know, you think of quitting everyone. I I assure you, everyone has thought of quitting at one point. And I think it's those who really want it so bad, that kind of push through that bump and see the success ahead. Because if you kind of quit when things are hard, you'll never know what you'll be able to achieve if you were to push forward. And if I quit during those times, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now talking about Mind Your Business, for example. So for me, it was really important to just recognize that it's natural to feel this way. Everyone kind of has that imposter syndrome moment and then just pushing forward. 
Have you developed a why or maybe from the beginning there has been a why for you? Such a good question. You're really, these are really great questions. And (laughs) the reason I say this is because the industry can make you feel like you're very materialistic sometimes. Like it's all about consumerism and fashion and, you know, brands and buying and money and what you look like. And I think for me, I struggled with that because some people might not understand no one I felt like understood the business side of the industry and how hard you have to work and that it's not about just taking a mirror pick. It's, you know, there's a whole strategy behind it. You're the content creator, the editor, the creative director, you wear so many different hats. And for me, the why was really a struggle over the last few years because I was like, okay, why am I doing this? Like, I know I enjoy it, but how am I helping and what value am I providing? So when the mind your business idea kind of came to be before I was even mind your business, just the idea of being able to teach other content creators, you know, and give them the insight and the tools that they need to really, I say, transform their OOTD into a paycheck was really my why. And that's been the most kind of full circle moment for me because I went to business school and I enjoyed business so much, got into blogging, kind of, you know, combined both. And now I'm kind of completing the full circle by teaching others how to do the same. So I think mind your business was my why, honestly. And that's why I think I'm so proud of it. Yeah. And you should be. And you should be for sure. Um, Thank you. (laughs) And any assumptions that you had about building a course that proved wrong or right? (laughs) You think that building a course is just like setting up a camera, talking, making it like bite-sized, you know, videos and putting it out there. This course (laughs) was so challenging to make. It was like the most challenging thing I've ever done. Probably I would say like right up there with quitting and trying to make this a career because I've never done this before. And there was so much I had to learn to go along with it. Like I had to build a website for start. Never, aside from my blog, never have done that. Never launched a product or a launch strategy because it's more so like the launch strategy of a course is also so important because you can have the best course with the most value, but if you don't educate people about why they need it and you don't really promote it well, no one's going to know about it. So that part of launching it was almost just as important as the course itself. And, you know, I filmed it four times. I had to get the lighting right, the editing right. I had to get text on screen to kind of guide people through the thought process and make sure they're able to make notes and downloads. And it was just this huge like project that honestly for the last few months I've barely created content because I was so busy with it and yeah it's definitely the misconception is that it's easy but yeah it's definitely not easy but I think it's really worth it if you're passionate about the topic that you're teaching about I think the misconception in general is content creation or being a blogger content creator is easy. And Mm -hmm. in actuality, there are so many facets of the business that are not just, like you said, taking a mirror photo, but it's really the different hats. I love that analogy because you are like your five different jobs in one and that's running your own magazine. Wow. There you go. It's a whole production in itself. Yeah, truly. (laughs) Did you, for Mind Your Business, for the launch, did you have a team behind you at this point? Because throughout your career, you've been self-managed, but did you have a team to kind of help you or guide you or consult that you consulted with in order to launch a course? I mean, I had my fiance, Josh, who thankfully is very um, happy to help and was really invested in this project. It's just as much his as it is mine. He gave me the idea. It was kind of his idea that we built on together and he was really a part of 
the whole process. So he definitely helped me tremendously with the launch and with, with everything, honestly. And I had, obviously I hired like an amazing videographer, sorry, and video editor that I've worked with over the last year, even on my own content. And she was the one helping me kind of edit the videos and filming. It's definitely not something I could have ever done by myself. I also hired a web designer to help with the graphics and just the website. I think ultimately it was all kind of my vision, but I really needed to learn to delegate and to hire people to help me with things that maybe I didn't know how to do as well as they did to really make this a success and make this as good as it can be. Well, it's paid off. It is like the website is so on point when I was going (laughs) through it. I was really, really like excited about the course. And also on my own feed, I've seen so many girls take the course and I've seen even TikToks about how they've implemented your strategies and their growth. So it, it, it's on my for you page. It's on my Instagram. I've seen it everywhere. (laughs) It's working. Thank you. As I say, the, the website I really wanted because I can't be there and fully tell people about how much I believe in this course. It was really important for me to get the website to do the talking for me. So that means a lot that you're saying that because it's been a long time in the making. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today over zoom. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. And do you want to plug yourself in, mind your business and of course your personals? Sure. So my Instagram is Nitsan Raider. That's N-I-T-S-A-N-R-A-I-T-E-R. And mind your business is on my website, NitsanRaider.com or directly at mindyourbusiness.teachable.com. And as per usual, guys, we put out episodes every week. We will see you next week for a new episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.